You are listening to the YouTube Creators Hub Podcast, where you will learn how to conquer the internet one video at a time. Now, here's your host, Dusty Porter. All right, guys, and welcome back to the seventh episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. So before we get into our interview portion of the show today, I'm going to discuss a few things. First things first, though, I would like to thank our first ever patron of the show over at patreon.com, Mr. Nathaniel Rett. You can find his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Nathaniel Rett. Uh, go check him out. He's supporting the show, and we appreciate that. If you would like to become one of our patrons and get your channel shouted out on the show, go on over and click that link and support us over there. We do appreciate it. It helps us pay the bills keep the lights on. So we do appreciate that over there. Also want to announce that we have a partnership with Audible. If you would like a free audiobook and you have never signed up before, click our link below here in the show notes and get your free audiobook and that will help us out as well. And we do appreciate it. It's not very difficult to do and it helps us out in the long run. So with all of that out of the way, I want to discuss a couple things before we go into the interview today. The thing I want to discuss is this. There's been some drama on YouTube in the past few days with a very large YouTube creator. Uh, It was the Fine Brothers. They decided they were going to release a video announcing a new program in which they were going to copyright and own the trademarks to all reaction videos. So I'll drop the links in the show notes if you've never heard of the Fine Brothers, but you probably have. If you've ever seen any videos where like elders react to angry birds or whatever, that's those guys. So what they were going to do is they were going to trademark all of the reaction videos. And anytime anybody posted anything with a reaction video on YouTube, they were going to claim that under their trademark and they were going to get a portion of that money. Now, with all of that being said, Let's fast forward three or four days. There was a lot of backlash. They were losing thousands of subscribers per hour per day, and they decided to backtrack. So now they have come back from their stance, and they have said, we are not doing that. We are not going to trademark the reaction videos. We are so sorry. So I say all of that to discuss this one topic. When it comes to YouTube content and creation and creators as large as they are, we sometimes forget the fact that these are real people. Uh, And some of the hateful things and mean things that were put on their video is kind of disgraceful. Uh, And I really hope by listening to this little segment that I'm doing here, you guys will agree with me in that, look, they made a mistake. They should never have decided to try and trademark something as common as reaction videos. That's completely wrong. I'm not saying I agree with what they did, but these people are creators. They've worked hard to get to where they are. But at the end of the day, no one on YouTube should have that much power and no one on YouTube should be able to trademark something as original or common as reaction videos. So remember, As a YouTube content creator, we are responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for our content. And when you click record and you click upload and you publish that video, make sure you know what you're doing. If you're going to publish something, make sure that you're going to be proud of it two months later, a year later, three years later, because more than likely that video will live in eternity on the internet. So make sure when you're uploading that video, you're doing it out of respect and honor to the content you're creating and just create great, valuable content for your viewers to view. And they're going to support you either way. I believe what happened in the case of the Fine Brothers is that they got a little greedy and they wanted to take it to the next level. And I'm all about pushing the envelope when it comes to business and growing your business, but they might have taken it a little too far and they realized that. So remember that when creating your content, guys. 
So without further ado, we're gonna jump into our interview. Don't forget to visit our website over at youtubecreatorshub.com. If you know someone who you would like to have on the show, go ahead and hit them up and let them get in touch with me and I would love to have them on the show. So without further ado, Let's go ahead and jump into our interview. All right, guys, and I am back here on the interview portion of this episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, and today I am so honored to have Mr. Michael Berenis. He has an automotive reality show based on today's modern grassroots force induction culture, focuses a lot on Japanese tuner platforms. If you don't know much about cars, stick around. I think you're going to learn a lot this episode. He's been on YouTube since 2007, has over 125,000 subscribers and just continues to grow. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for, for having me on today. Fantastic. I'm just excited to have you on the show. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into the questions here. So, Michael, first question is this. How did you get started on YouTube? Okay. Um, well, I started out doing uh, automotive journalism, and um, I used to be the guy who reported on the videos. And then I figured, right. well, let's just cut out the middleman and make the videos. <laughs> so right. I just kind of went from there. And uh, that's, that's really how it all got started. Awesome. Fantastic. So uh, question number two segues great into this question. How has YouTube helped your business, uh, if it has at all? And is YouTube your full-time business? Okay. Um, well, I transitioned from writing into the video for multiple reasons. Um one, the, the written word is starting to lose traction, I believe, to video. And, um, you know, I saw that coming a long time ago when the, uh, the ad rates and everything were dropping for, you know, the columns and the blogs that I was doing. <clears throat> so because of the journalism background, I've also done a lot of work with uh, manufacturers directly. Um, like I've worked with Ford and Nissan directly. I was part of the... Uh, the Fiesta movement, um, which was like a program that they took uh, top 100 YouTubers and you know gave us cars for six months and turned us loose and whatever. Um, but lately, what I've been really doing is focusing on uh, you know creating the YouTube show, but also simultaneously that's that's brought up other career opportunities. Like now, I I perform uh, a lot of video services for a lot of high end dealerships here in Florida. Um, you know, I've gotten to work with everything from, you know, Toyotas up to McLarens. And, uh, it's, wow. yeah, it's, it's really fantastic, man. So, like, without YouTube, because I'm one of the, the top automotive creators in Florida, um, there'd be no way that I would be able to get into these dealerships to do that. And, you know, YouTube definitely catapulted my business as far as that goes. So these companies are contacting you, I guess, if they're finding you on YouTube, and they're yeah. just contacting you and saying, hey, you know, we want you to drive this car, or we want you to uh, feature this car on the show. Is that kind of how that works? Uh, well, actually, it's, um, well, sometimes. Uh, a lot of the performance shops, they do that. They're like, hey, you know, we got this special build, and um, we want you to come out and, you know, showcase it for us. And you know, that's that's something that goes on my channel. But the dealership stuff, I actually create their YouTube channels for them. and. Know, wow. Uh, procure content and stuff. And like we do like everything from there are a lot of vehicle reviews and stuff. But um, I've been doing a lot of like corporate initiative type videos as well. Um, this is all stuff that I mean, a lot of people probably don't realize that I do all this stuff in the background. Um, but that's how I'm able to also, you know, derive production funds for the YouTube channel because that, that I run um, because a lot of this stuff is really expensive to do like Right now we're building a uh, uh, 2000 Impreza RS, and uh, it's a 
a complete race car build. Um, we started from scratch. It's doing, you know, full weight reduction, a full carbon front clip. We took a 2007 STI donor car and rebuilt the motor completely to race spec, like full forged, the biggest, best of everything. I mean, you know, it's a really, really expensive build. And without that secondary business, there'd be no way that I'd be able to fund the YouTube channel to be able to produce this type of stuff. So, um, okay. So it, does it, does it work like an affiliate partnership? Like, are they paying you as far as how does the monetization work? Like, are they paying you per time you show the vehicle on camera or how does that work? I'm very intrigued uh, as how that works in that, that market with cars and vehicles. Like in the dealership side of things. Right, right, right. Uh, that's basically like a contracted basis. Like, uh, it, it just goes along the lines of, um, like typical video production. It's just flat rate per hour. Uh, right. Okay. Or editing per hour, shooting, whatever. Okay. Uh, so going into that, you have been on YouTube since 2007. So like most of us who have YouTube channels, you've lived, you've learned, uh, you look back at some of your older videos, I'm sure like I do and cringe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but what is something that you wish someone had told you when you first started on YouTube? Yeah. Um, I'd say the biggest thing, I, I know it sounds kind of obvious, but don't be afraid to get in front of the camera. Uh, right. The, the a lot of things that I did in the beginning was just, you know, featuring the cars. So I was very, you know, objective and what I was shooting and whatever. And every once in a while I get in front of the camera, but for the longest time I was kind of like this man of mystery. And, um, you know, I'd created a couple, you know, viral videos and stuff. And, um, I did like the interviews in the backgrounds, whatever, but you know, I think looking back on those, had I actually gotten in front of the camera when I did those productions, I think that my channel probably would have taken off and my, my brand and stuff would have been better off. So I'd say the number one thing is, is, you know, you're not just shooting content, you're, you're creating a brand every video that you right. upload. And that's something you need to take into consideration from day one. That's something that is a constant across this show when I interview people and talk to them, whether they have 10,000 subscribers or a million subscribers, they all tell me, you can't be afraid to get on the camera. And, and myself, I was as well when I first started. Uh, and, and being able to be comfortable in your own skin and putting your face out there uh, on your video, it's it's tough. I mean, people think that it's not, but it is because there's going to be thousands of people possibly, if your channel's popular, who see that oh, yeah. uh, and putting yourself out there. And, and you build that community too. They can relate to who you are. If they're hearing your voice, it's completely different than if they're actually seeing your face and they're putting your face with your voice and they're saying, hey, that's that's Michael. I know who he is now. And you can actually build the community around you and your brand. Yeah, exactly. You just got to get out of your shell, man. You can't, don't, don't hide like a turtle, you know? Yeah. Uh, Right. Yeah, chances are, I mean, yeah, you're going to slip up, you're going to stutter your words, you're going to, you know, make goofy faces or whatever, but that's all, that's, it's real, man. That's the thing about you. It's part of it, yeah. None of this, at least on my channel, none of the stuff is scripted. We just shoot from the that's hip awesome. and go, man. And, you know, sometimes awesome. we screw up, like, you know, I'll slip and I'll, I'll cuss every once in a while, and but it's, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Well, great. Um, are there any YouTube tools that you could recommend to the audience that you couldn't live without? So something that you use on a weekly or monthly basis with your channel that helps you out with your efficiency in producing your content? Um, I'd say the, well, the YouTube studio app is really, really good. Um, okay. the, uh, it's extremely helpful, um, as far as, you know, monitoring the analytics, um, keeping an eye on real time stats and understanding like the seasonal fluctuations of YouTube traffic based on niches and things like that. 
Right. So you're using the studio app. You're talking like the mobile app where you can kind of take it on the go and see yeah. the analytics of your channel and things like that. Correct? Yeah. And then interacting with comments too. Um, I think it's a great tool for that because like if somebody comments on my video, like I'm usually responding within like 10 or 15 minutes as long as I'm not shooting another video or busy or whatever. So maybe we can expand on that a little more. Like the YouTube uh, studio app that you're talking about, I use it myself as well, and it is a great way to respond to comments quickly. Yeah. Uh, and it makes it makes you look like you're there and you're you're creating that content in the comments section of your videos, uh, and it it gives you an easy way to respond to those comments within that app. Yeah, definitely, it's very fast and um, sufficient. I haven't really experienced any bugs or anything with it, and I've been using it since they launched it. And, um, you know, they're getting more and more in-depth features, uh, more real-time statistics and things like that. Right. That's awesome. So what hardware do you use to record your videos? So I've, I've watched a few of your videos and kind of seen the show that you do. It's a very, very good quality. What kind of hardware are you using when you're recording these shows? Uh, I use a GoPro. Uh, I use Canon. And I use um, these glasses called Pivot Head. They're for like POV type shots. Um, I, I used to do a lot of the POV stuff, but lately I've kind of gone away from it and just used the the POV shots for you know just a little sprinkle basically. Uh, right. When there's certain shots, I don't really shoot the pure POV stuff like I used to anymore. Um, the, uh, the the Canon quality of the cameras are fantastic, man. Uh, this, what Canon are what Canon are you using specifically? I think it's the G twenty five. Okay. And um, it's it's awesome, man. It's good in low light. It's good in super bright conditions. It's got a pretty decent manual focus ring. Um, and it's not like a, it's not the best manual focus ring, but it's pretty good. Uh, right. It's got great storage. The uh, I got the Canon uh, battery pack expansion. That's like a a really good long life battery. Um, and I've been using that for a year and a half. You know, constantly. I haven't had to buy another one yet, so I'm really, really happy with it. That and then the GoPro. Um, now, on the GoPro, a little trick is to get good audio, there's a USB adapter that you got to use. Um, okay. You plug it into, I think it's only supported by Hero 3 and Hero 3 Plus and forward from that generation. Uh, right. But it, it plugs into the USB port on the, the GoPro, and then it's got okay. a, uh, a microphone input. So, um, I use a, uh, a stereo microphone attached to that, and uh, it, it really cleaned up the audio a lot. I know GoPros aren't known for the best audio when they're in their case. So you, you, you plug it into the GoPro, and it's a USB adapter that hooks into the, to the microphone, and that's how you get the quality audio? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I bounce back and forth between that and the Canon. And the Canon's got a, um, a, a directional shotgun microphone attachment that goes sure. to it. Right. Okay. And that thing is is really good too. Uh, you know, sound level, especially with car videos, is very important. That's awesome. Um, so, if you could give a piece of advice to emerging YouTubers or people getting started, or even YouTubers who may have an established channel but they're looking to take it to the next level, what what piece of advice would that be to get to the point to where you are and beyond? Um, hmm. I guess probably just stick with it, man. Um, you know, there's, there's ups and downs, you know, there's, there's times where even after making all these videos and, you know, having, you know, a lot of subscribers and stuff where traffic starts to trend downwards and you just got to push through it. Like, don't ever give up. Um, try and, you know, 
assess what the current uh, market is for your niche and think outside of the box of a way to bring it to the audience that will extend the viewer retention score. Because um, right now, viewer retention is everything. And, um, you know, anything that you can create to have a, a longer viewership, like my Boostaholics reality show, the average um, video length is between a half hour and an hour long. And they're, they're not just video clips or, or anything like that. Uh, a lot of people have even compared them to like short films. Um, and if you can create stuff like that where people will sit down and, you know, like I'll get viewers that'll send me pictures of them sitting with a, you know, a beer in front of their laptop, you know, excited for right. the next episode and stuff. Um, I'd say create longer content right now. Um, so let's talk about that, the watch time. When, when you're explaining watch time, I understand that. But if someone's listening, they don't understand that. Something that's very big, and you make a great point, right now, in order to get your videos to rank higher and for your channel to do better, right now, one of the best analytics to look at, if you're looking under your YouTube analytics, is going to be that watch time. Mm-hmm. So if you can see what percentage of the video that your viewers are watching, the more of the video that they watch, obviously, the better that video is going to do. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a great thing to look at. When people go to analytics, they're primarily looking at their views, which in reality, that's good and all. And the subscriber count is great. But what you want is you want a community that's bought in and they're watching your videos from beginning to end, especially when you do a show like what you do uh, with when your community is so focused. And like you said, they're just awaiting that next video that you put out and they're excited about it and they're going to watch the whole thing no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you get your uh, viewer retention score up too. Um, it'll affect your uh, your ad rates too. So you'll you'll get better ads, you'll get better quality payout and stuff like that. Um, the longer that you're able to hold them on the screen, because at the end of the day, uh, you know YouTube's business is is an advertising marketing business, and if right. you can keep their eyeballs on the screen longer with that ad running next to it for a longer period of time, then you, that's you such such a great. Or you'll make more money and have more production budget for the next one, and you keep you know, stacking on it like that. So uh, right, right. it's really the root of everything. It is. I completely agree. Now, that's a great piece of advice. So listeners, if you're listening, definitely take a look at your watch time analytics. It's under your YouTube analytics when you go under analytics, and it'll be there in the same screen under your dashboard as views, subscribers, things like that. I know the, the numbers can get flashy and you're excited about subscribers and views, but the thing you need to be focused on is keeping those viewers on your video. And even then, when you keep them on your video, you want to keep them in your ecosystem and have them click on another one of your videos. And we'll talk about that in future episodes using cards, YouTube cards, and annotations to get people to stay in your little niche, your little community, in your channel. And that's such a great tip that, that Michael just gave. So uh, the next question, Michael, is do you have any books, I don't know if you're a reader or not, uh, that you could recommend to the audience that have helped you on your YouTube journey and just growing your business? Um, no, not really. I mean, uh, I, the books that I read are more like uh, life, virtue, and spiritual stuff like that, um, which I'd say that right. that's... That's definitely helped me. I mean, nothing like super religious, but like, um, I don't know how to really put it. There was one that I read was called the, uh, Celestin prophecy. And uh, some of you guys are probably like, what is this weirdo talking about? But, um, <laughs> it has to deal with like spiritual vibes and like positive energy and stuff like that. And, you know, basically what you put into the universe and get it back. So, um, I kind of think that, you know, if you 
read stuff like that and then you transfer that positive energy through your YouTube videos, you get positive responses back from your audience and it just you know creates a better world for everybody. No, absolutely. I, I've just finished reading a book for the third time. I, um, I'm i reading a book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and um, it's really helped me uh, into getting better at time management when it comes to YouTube. Uh, and it's just, it's a great book. I, I recommend it to you and anybody else out there listening. Um, and we do have a, uh, a sponsorship going on right now with Audible. If you go over to audibletrial.com slash creators hub, you can get a free audiobook of your choice. So if you have a book you've been waiting to read or wanting to read, you can get that for free there on Audible if you use our link. And we would appreciate it because that does help us out. Um, so Michael, what is next for your YouTube channel and part B of this question is where do you see YouTube going as a platform in the future? So I guess answer the first part and then we'll move into to YouTube and where we see it going in the future. Yeah. Um, the next step for my channel is, is really trying to get more of a production budget. Um, so ways that I'm doing that is like I've created a, a Boostaholics merchandise platform where I'm creating t-shirts and, you know, stickers and things like that for my audience. Um, for them to be able to, you know, buy. And then I'm taking all of those proceeds and reinvesting them into the, you know, uh, production budgets to help get, you know, better quality videos and new locations and stuff like that. Um, so I guess then to add on to that, the, the next, you know, chapter of Boostaholics, I guess would be, is to expand. I have a lot of viewers that are from all over the world, man. Um, there's people right. in Australia, there's people in, you know, Europe, there's people in South America and the Caribbean and like, you know, we're all car guys, man. We all have a common passion and, you know, I'd really like to travel and, and meet a lot of these people and, and see the different car cultures that are around the world because not everybody has access to the same parts and methods. So, sure. you know, there's a lot of weird stuff like importation fees and, you know, taxes and tariffs and stuff that different countries have. So like, you know, we may be able to buy a certain part here in America for a hundred bucks, but in order to get it in another country, it could be a thousand dollars. So they're forced to right. their own stuff. So, um, getting more into like, I guess the grassroots of a global, you know, type perspective. Um, and then what the next platform for YouTube, I guess would be is, um, I mean, I've never really thought about it, but I guess that from what, based on what I've seen and their expansion, um, you know, they're, they're really trying to, you know, compete with television for, uh, marketing money and, um, you know, advertising space and stuff like that. So I think, I know there's been a lot of YouTubers who have been transitioning over into like, uh, Netflix and Hulu specials and, you know, uh, getting onto television networks and stuff like that. Um, I think that a lot of the really popular YouTubers are going to do more of that. And right. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, what I've always kind of thought is, you know, why doesn't YouTube have its own channel on television? where they feature right. different content stuff. So maybe that's something that they'll do. Sure. No, that's some, that's some great insight uh, on, on what you're talking about there. And, and personally on the back end of what you said, I see YouTube doing a lot less of the, the ad revenue and moving a, a, away from that in a sense, it's always going to be there, but I think they're going to focus more on matching brands with creators, which is kind of what you've seen uh, with the car manufacturers that you've dealt with. And I think it's going to move not completely away from the whole AdSense model, but we're going to see a lot more content created without the ads on top of the videos. And basically it's just going to be uh, content that's based around a product or a car, like in your case, and that car or manufacturer is going to pay the content creator directly. Yeah. 
And, and I, I see that going that way uh, as well. So uh, the last question I'm going to ask you, Michael, is just a, a lot of fun. Uh, so basically this question is, what are some guilty pleasure channels that I like to call them that you watch on YouTube that maybe uh, the <laughs> listeners haven't seen or I haven't seen? I love this question because uh, every time I ask it, I get to go to channels that I've never heard of, and they're so unique, especially when I'm talking to people in the different realms, especially with you in the automotive realm. What are some channels that you like to watch that you enjoy? Uh, I'd say that the, uh, the my my most favorite channel and and most influential that I've seen is is thirteen twenty video, um, thirteen twenty man they've they were around from the beginning, and um, you know I it was one of the things that I always constantly work towards is like man I want to get my channel to the level where I can be an affiliate with these guys and actually I'm at that point now I I contacted them they're really cool they're like oh dude we love what you're doing with Boostaholics and now if you go to thirteen twenty. Um, you'll see my channel listed on the side of, you know, friends of 1320. And, uh, That's isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, that is... they, they are like the number one automotive YouTube channel. As far as, you know, our niche goes, they have like eight or 900,000 or a million subscribers or something. And, um, you know, that's, that was fantastic. I'd say another one is probably, uh, the mighty car mods. That one's pretty good. They do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and then I, you know, honestly, I, I wouldn't say that I watch any, you know, specific YouTube channel, but I watch a lot of um, just, you know, grassroots users, like just people who have, you know, cars. Maybe their buddy uploads a clip of their car to YouTube from their cell phone or something, and it's just, you know, a brief little poll of the car. Like, you know, I like to watch like zero to sixty and zero to hundred clips, and like, you know, uh, some of the the street racing, and I think there's a Mexico street racing league or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have some really cool stuff too so like i enjoy the you know everything from like the grassroots stuff that just you know anybody can just quickly throw up to youtube all the way up to like full production quality 1320 stuff that is that is awesome that's what i guess to me that's my favorite part about being a part of the youtube community as a whole is that you never know what you're going to discover you never know from day to day what video is going to go viral uh and it's not always that big blockbuster channel it's it like you said it may be someone just having a youtube channel recording a video of their cat and their baby and it just goes viral it's amazing the world that we live in and how youtube can just take people from uh nobody to to stardom in a, in a matter of a couple of days so that's fantastic so uh michael before i let you go uh where can i send people as far as on the internet to find you other than i know your youtube channel you want to go ahead and plug that as well Okay, yeah. Um, my YouTube channel, you can look it up uh, a couple different ways. Um, Boostaholics is probably the, the easiest way. It's Boost, B-O-O-S-T, Aholics, A-H-O-L-I-C-S. Um, and uh, that's the reality show that I run. Um, then there's also, uh, you know, the merchandise outlet that I have on Spreadshirt. Um, if you just Google Boostaholics merchandise, that's where... Um, I sell a lot of the shirts and stuff that I use to help, you know, create production budgets. And right now all that uh, money is going into the GC8 race car that we're building at the moment. And um, that thing just keeps growing. It's like a true crowdsourced built race car. I I feel so uh, blessed that, you know, my audience really came together and were like, yeah, dude, we want to, you know, get together and build this car. And um, yeah, so those are probably the two main things Um, you can catch up with me on Facebook. I'm really interactive there. It's uh, facebook.com uh, forward slash M Berenice and, uh, or just look up my name, Michael Berenice or Boostaholics. It pops up. I'm 
pretty easy to find, man. Just look for my name. That's great. <laughs> well, Michael, you have no idea how much we appreciate it here on the show to have you, and we really appreciate you taking time to do this interview with us, and we will be checking your videos out in the future, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah, dude, likewise. Thank you very much. All right, guys, that's it. Coming to an end of another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Again, I would like to say a special thank you to Michael Berenice for being on the show. Such a great guy with some awesome content on his channel and a really cool uh, niche there in the automotive niche. So definitely go check him out. I'd like to remind everyone to please don't forget if you have the financial ability to support the show on over on our Patreon page. Also, go to Audible, get that free book. It helps us out. It really does. If you're a reader, if you want to listen to a book, on the treadmill or out on a run. It's a great way of doing that. And you get a free book when you sign up. So use our link. That really does help us out. So guys, keep creating that great content and bring value to your community. And until next time, I'll see you guys later.